0: Greetings, my name is Reverend Adam Nicholas Phillips, I'm a dear friend of Portsmouth Union, even though I have not been in a bit, and I'm really grateful to join you on this MLK Sunday, this time of new possibilities all around us. I'm going to read uh, the passage uh, this morning for our uh, reflections out of the, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, 43 to 51. I'm reading in the Common English Bible, and let this be a way for us to uh, root down and center our thoughts. The next day, Jesus wanted to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. Jesus said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and the prophets, Jesus, Joseph's son. Nazareth. Nathanael responded, can anything from Nazareth be good? Philip said, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here is a genuine Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, I I I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel replied, Rabbi, you are God's son. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. Are you sure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one? Let's pray. God, on this Sunday, this January 17th, this Sunday, early still in the new year, we ask that you help us. Breathe in and breathe out and catch new glimmers of truth and wisdom so that we may follow you a bit more closely in these days. In the name of Christ, in all the holy names of God. Amen. I, I love this Sunday. In some ways, because it's just another Sunday early in the new year, and we're getting beginning, we're getting on track to begin the fullness of 2021. No, it's not the 13th month of 2020. It's, it's, it's the beginning of a new year still. And I think about this this day as uh, another Sunday in January, and and this this opportunity to have another on ramp to new beginnings, right? I I don't know if you're like me, but I don't really do resolutions anymore because I know that I quickly forget them or I don't do them, and then I feel guilty for it and shame and all the things. But I do think it's good to take on new intentions to set new new ways in which we might live a bit better. So I love these opportunities for on-ramps. Of course, if you do resolutions, New Year's Day, it's a new day, it's a new year, you resolve to do things differently. And then for those of us that kind of need a little bit more time, we have, in, at least in the church calendar, we have Epiphany, which is uh, the uh, Sunday early on where we see stars of light and and hope and and we think about the Magi, and we think about the promises of this, this human one born in 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 God's image, flesh, and blood and bone, and and this holy family, this this Mary and Joseph, and now this third part, this of this family, this this Yeshua, this Jesus of Nazareth. And we think about the journey that they will take together as an, as this family, but then quickly. <laughs> Another Sunday later, uh, we have the baptism of Christ. So Jesus, Jesus is quickly growing up. We don't have a lot of time here. We got to get on with the story, right? In the sense that Jesus takes the waters of baptism from John uh, in the River Jordan. In the sense that there is a, a real uh, new inauguration of, of calling and purpose and, and reality. We think about all of these things as we continue marching on through new days. So today, the second Sunday of Epiphany happens also to be MLK Sunday, where we remember the birth of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and this call to to service. Um, Some of us might call it action and contemplation. How might we reflect on, on the movement for civil rights, for equity, for, for, for beloved community, for justice. And if you're like me, you think to yourself, well, I don't know if I can be a Reverend Mar- Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Right? And I don't know if I want to be. But we know that this, this story uh, of MLK Day is also the story of a bigger beloved community, a bigger movement of names and faces and figures that we'd never uh, really know about it unless we, we heard the stories or we read the stories. So we think of folks like Septima Clark, this educator who later in life had a second kind of vocation into the civil rights movement. We also think too of, of Reverend Edwin King, a white pastor who was kind of known as a theological prankster, but deeply committed and deeply focused on equity and justice and human rights. So we think about all of these things on this Sunday this consequential moment in our in our nation's history even too when we think about the Wednesdays of this month right two two Wednesdays ago we had the insurrection on the nation's capital in DC and on those same steps we're going to have the presidential inauguration this coming Wednesday and of course these are these are things happening sort of in far off places but these are things happening at the heart of our of our shared life together and and our sense of what is going on in our in our shared history so i love that we have this moment on mlk sunday in the season of epiphany to think about inaugurating new beginnings so I want to read, I want to think about the story uh, in the Gospel of John again, because what I love about it is that it's quite crafty, actually. There's this big sense of, we need to follow this this miracle worker, this, this Jesus, right? Philip's saying, uh, we found the one Moses wrote about in the Law and the Prophets, Jesus. He's Joseph's son from Nazareth. This big, big, big moment. But I actually like reading the story and hearing the story in more grittier ways, right? In more skeptical ways, right? In ways that kind of reflect, I think a healthy skepticism of heroes and movements. That's why I love Nathaniel. He's, his friend Philip says, no, you gotta come and see this guy, he's the one. Nathaniel's like, eh, can anything from Nazareth be good? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? For those of us in North Portland, I think we resonate with that idea. Can anything good come out of North Portland? Can anything good come out of St. John's, Portsmouth, Kenton? The answer, of course, is yes. Not just good, but greater than good. So Jesus kind of gets the vibe here. Jesus, I think, kind of understands that there's going to be healthy skeptics and these are not going to be the ordinary folks. Uh, sorry, the ordinary folks that the mythmakers want us to think about, the, the superhero movie writers want us to think about, these, these greater than life figures. No, these are it's even sort of greater than that. Nathaniel, skeptic, his friend Philip. They're hanging out under a fig tree. Jesus comes, sees them, and comes and says, Come see, just come follow me for a bit. You will see greater things than this. And I assure you that you will see heaven open and God's angels going up to heaven and down to earth on the human one. Kind of interesting. I could see Nathaniel saying, all right, I'll come, I'll come see this. You know, the thing about Jesus is that he's not your ordinary sort of miracle worker. And and Nathaniel and Philip and people like this had seen these sort of snake oil salesmen come and go in their day. And they were just thinking like, another one of these, really? Is this really the one? Philip says, yes, it is. Nathaniel, I think is a little bit more skeptical, as I said, but he's, he's here for it. So he follows. And I think there's something intriguing about this Jesus, the human one, right? Who knows that it's going to take ordinary folk like Nathaniel and Philip. Ordinary, unknown folk like Septima and Edwin to be part of this unfolding of God's story, this cosmic mystery of God's love and light for the whole world. so he calls them, he calls them. So they follow. I think about the call too, right? What is the call? what is the call of this one Jesus who, the human one who comes to say, I want you to see greater things. I think the call is is not so much to like words, specific perfect words and, and teachings and doctrines and dogmas to go and tell other people to make sure that they know that if you say these words right, or if you memorize these words right, and if you think about these words right, then you will be part of this like heavenly club, right? Uh, No, I don't think that's what the call is at all. I think that the call of Jesus, the human one, is to be agents of love and hope and possibility and to be radical optimists, as the late Catholic theologian Bernice Bruteau might say, radical optimists to see the way of the world and to see how dark and and troubling, and, and hard, and traumatic, and and divided it is, you yet, to still follow in the footsteps of the human one, to still go and see, and maybe even do, to have this radical kingdom posture, right, of this, this idea that, uh, that, that if this Jesus is inaugurating new beginnings, and if you see, if you go and read another gospel, Luke 4, you'll see that this Jesus is about Radical change, flipping things upside down, helping uh, those that are at the lowest rungs of human society become centrally important and in fact, the top of the chain. This idea of radical change, radical optimism, that we can we can be about this. we can do this, right? And it's not just gonna be the superhero, the superman, the one that can see into the future and, and know your heart and all this stuff, right? Just to to know you before he's even talked to you under the fig tree. But that this Jesus is this one that's going to gather with him ordinary folks to be about radically big and beautiful things. So the question is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Of course. Can anything good come out of Portsmouth? Yes, anything good come out of Portland, of course, please. We need the best of Portsmouth. We need the best of Kenton, St. John's, Norland, okay. Oregon, especially in these times, right? How might we be radical optimists when it's getting so hot in here, right? I mean, when we think about climate change last year, 2020, the year where everything shut down for almost the entire year, and there there were less cars on the road, factories weren't working at fullest capacity, not as many airplanes flying around, and yet it was still the hottest year on record, even amidst COVID. It was also the hottest year on record for a a number of other reasons, right? We think about all of the division, we think about all of the the crises, we think about um, the insurrection, we think about policing, we think about all of the heartache of last year. It's getting very difficult to be a radical optimists in this season of life, right? So, the question for us is how might we root down in new ways? How might we uh, look for and be about fresh expressions of our beloved community together? I love how this message in John ends. Jesus says, I assure you that you will see greater things than this. It reminds me of a passage later in the gospel of John chapter 14, when Jesus says, you will do even greater things than me. What kind of hero is this? The heroes of our day, they, they want to be celebrities on pedestals. They want to be larger than life. They want to make you feel like you're dependent on them for all things. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Not that. You're part of the beloved community. Each one of you, each one of us has something integral to Do. Each one of us is integral to the story. Each one of us has some sort of radical imprint of God's design for this world, and we get to be part of it. There's no them. There's only us. And so at the beginning of the story, when he's calling people like Philip and Nathaniel to follow him, and then as the story proceeds, and there's there's Mary Magdalene and, and so many other amazing figures in the story that we don't even know, right, that weren't even recorded in these stories. Near the end of it, in John 14, he says, I know we've seen some things, and I know you think that I'm the one, the critical part of this whole story, but no, you will do even greater things than me. So my friends, (laughs) what's the call in your life right now to inaugurate a new beginning? Because we need you. We don't need you to do things that you're not equipped to do. We need you to do the things that God has given you to do. And I think that if we go into our inner life, if we have kind of an inner inward journey, we might find outwardly how to join in. Of course, we've got to kind of catch our breath. We're going to call our therapist. Got to make room for this newness that's happening in our lives. And then we might find ways in which we can just put one foot in front of the other and follow the human one, follow the Christ that came to be about this radically. Optimistic change, even though the evidence doesn't seem very good. So, on this MLK day, as we reflect on ways to serve and be about radical change, maybe we can take certain ideas of what it looks like to be about change, to be change agents off the pedestals, and then find our footing right here in the story here in Portsmouth and and in Portland and think about ways in which we might do greater things. Not in arrogant ways, of course, but in ways that are crucial and needed. So I invite each and every one of us to catch our breath because the world needs us world needs us more than ever. Be safe, be healthy, and be loved. Amen.